morning so today we are beginning a new chapter a new book for that matter which is called uddhav gita so first i am going to give you an explanation what is uddhav gita all about and why is it different than any other gitas that are there in this world the word uddhav gita gita by itself says a kind of an explanation the way in which we have work around in this world Uddhav is one of his countrymen and also his very dear friend. Uddhav asks questions to Krishna, and Krishna, in turn, has to give an explanation. But is it only Krishna who is talking, or are there other people? The questions are not only Uddhavas; they are also of all the gods in the system. that means we have the gods coming from the heavens and asking questions to krishna what is the difference between uddhav gita and the bhagavad gita which was told to sri krishna sri krishna had said to arjuna what is the difference if you see the genesis of bhagavad gita bhagavad gita is all about a battlefield there is a huge battle going on between the pandavas and the kauravas on the other side also it is right in the middle of the battlefield questions are being raised by the dearest friend of krishna that is arjun and arjun wants to know the answer right there and then and 18 chapters worth of answers questions and answers and a final touch up to that whole in the last chapter by krishna this entire dialogue between the two is heard by another person now this dialogue is heard by a person called dhritarashtra through sanjaya the charioteer now if you see this entire line here we have dhritarashtra then we have sanjaya then we have arjun and then we have krishna and all this there is an exposition going on who is giving this exposition this exposition is given by sukhdev to parikshit further more complications now sukhdev is saying this to parikshit but is that how it is no there is still further more complication there is sutko swami talking to a whole load of sages now can you imagine this entire thing from beginning to end there are certain number of sages sitting in front of another sage called sutta goswami we start from the other end so sutta goswami is explaining something to the sages he says i was there with sukhdev and sukhdev was giving an explanation to parikshit when parikshit was about to die if you remember the beginning of the bhagavatam now in this explanation dhritarashtra is hearing what was happening in the battlefield from his charioteer called sanjaya and there is a dialogue in the battlefield between arjuna and sri krishna so did you get all these people this book uddhav gita is more or less the same it's a part of bhagavatam shrimad bhagavatam hmm? 
And if you remember when I was doing Srimad Bhagavatam, we were doing it at the fag end, the last end of Bhagavatam. Though I did not give in-depth explanation, but an in-depth explanation is due to you now because we are doing exclusively Uddhav Gita. So the question may arise in your mind, why this difference? This is the last message. Uddhav Gita is the last message given by Sri Krishna to Uddhava. Remember this. And Bhagavad Gita is a message given by Sri Krishna in the middle of the battlefield to Arjuna. So who are these people? Why is this difference? And what is the need for these different, different kind of explanations? So let us understand this. Bhagavad Gita is on the spot. Now every individual in this world goes through their own issues and problems. Are we not going through our own issues and problems? Everybody has issues, problems, too many uh, things that are going around which do not have solutions, isn't it? And we are trying our level best to find solutions. It's a heated dialogues are going on and arguments are going on, fights are going on, anger, you name it, everything that is disruptive is happening to an individual. At that point in time, isn't that individual seeking answers? So when we or the human beings that are around are seeking answers on the spot and we need the God within us or whatever or outside of us to give you, give certain absolutely perfect answers. The, the scripture that is perfect for that is called Bhagavad Gita. Arjuna is you. Sri Krishna is the divinity inside of you who is giving the answers. So, just think about it that you are having a heated argument with your spouse or your boss or maybe you have got yourself in a big jam. How do you sort it out? Recently, you have seen the Prime Minister of India just after the elections were over, he had gone to a place called Kedarnath and he was sitting over there in meditation. This is a picture that was released to the press. So what was he doing? He is in the middle of a battlefield and in the middle of a battlefield he needs answers. Suppose I get elected. Suppose I don't get elected. What am I going to do if I don't get elected? What am I going to do if I get elected? You know, these are the major questions. And assuming I lose everything, then what happens? Who is going to answer these questions? So you know, need to go in a meditative state and ask the God within. Yeah, I am not asking you to go to Kedarnath and Badrinath and all those places. You can't go. You are in the middle of Mumbai and Delhi and Calcutta and New York and Munich. <laughs> there are no mountains over there. And there is no place where it is quiet. A bit. You can go to your room. And a place which is having its quiet with you. And seek the answers within. You know very well there is, you know, you can't see any God outside. You can't see any God outside. You may have a small image of him right on, in front of your table or some such thing. But you can't see the God. So what do you do? Which Sri Krishna are we talking about? The Sri Krishna is the divinity inside us. We are all divine beings. We carry the essence of the Lord within us. So go seek the answers. So in the most 
mysterious dicey or dangerous situations please get answers from the bhagavad gita then what is uddhav gita uddhav gita is the way of life how do you lead your entire life it is just not about a battlefield or an instant solution you know if you got got a headache you are going to take maybe a you know a, a pill which is going to remove your headache but if you have a problem or an issue or some such thing which is a long term the entire lifetime of yours how do you sort it what exactly do you do how do you live your life is it done in a righteous manner or not how do you breathe you will ask me why should i say how do you breathe the reason why breathing is important will be explained to you in depth so breathing exercises meditation how do you meditate see when when i was doing the bhagavad gita or the bhagavatam i did not pay much emphasis on meditation but this time we are going to do an in depth study of meditation why meditate you have to talk to the god within isn't it you have to find your answers i am not on call most of the time <laughs> so guruji where are you guruji is disappeared so you need somebody in your life and why are you seeking some answers from outside there is no answers outside and especially don't go to tarot card readers or subscribers <laughs> you understand what i am saying they cannot give you answers there are no real answers in this world okay they can only raise your hopes all right so remember this you need answers long term you need to lead your life in a perfect manner you need to have the right pathways opened up for you right you should eat healthy live healthy the way in which you progress has to be conducive to you remember when you are leaving behind that means when you are dying you are leaving behind a legacy how many people remember their forefathers not much not many you know hardly anybody remembers their forefathers once in a while you say oh my dad used to do like this that is only a memory but do you think you will carry forward those essential things which your father mother grandfather grandmothers or you know great grandfathers have taught nothing so isn't it important that you leave behind a legacy for your children grandchildren and your you know great grandchildren maybe it is very important they have to remember you so what would you like to be remembered for so if you are following a righteous path your children your great grandchildren or grandchildren or whoever and the world around will remember you isn't it but if you are an ordinary mortal who has not done anything for anybody why would anybody remember just think about it if you try to understand in india whom do you remember mahatma gandhi isn't it everybody knows mahatma gandhi in america whom do you remember abraham lincoln right george washington isn't that correct in singapore whom do you remember lee kuan yew isn't it do you remember any other prime ministers who had come 
Nobody remembers. I don't think I remember any Prime Minister of India for a very long time. Because they so far, you need to leave behind a very big legacy which the world will look at and say, this is the person I want to follow. So the book that is most important for us, The Path of Life, is called Uddhav Gita. Uddhav Gita is going to give you in-depth knowledge about many things. How do you behave with people? How do you have relationships with them? How do you live? And how do you die? So, this is the entire genesis, the beginning to the end of Uddhav Gita and the Bhagavad Gita. I have given you a song. So now, after this, we will begin the first chapter. Our first chapter is nothing but dialogues. And there are prayers which are being asked. I mean, there are asks, there are demands. One more important thing I have to clarify to you. Why are the gods coming over there? When you yourself can't see one god for that matter. I mean, just think. You are talking about seeing Sri Krishna. Can you see him? So people say, oh, no, I don't know. I, I can't see him. I can. I have a small image of him somewhere. Right? But why are the gods there? And who are these gods? So listen to the explanation when I am giving them to you. Then you will understand why it is important. When I began, did I not say that Uddhav Gita is all about you. It's all about you. Then where are the gods coming from? And why are these questions being raised? The gods are inside of you. From the top over here till the bottom. Alright? And these are individual gods within you. So if I talk about Brahmaji, Brahmaji is called the creator. Right? Then we have Vishnu, who is the sustainer. And then we have Maheshwar, who is the destroyer. We have these three elements within us. We create, we sustain and we destroy within our body also. So if I have to ask you a simple question, where is your blood manufactured? There is a beginning somewhere, isn't it? Some of you will say bone marrow. Some of you will say some other organ. It's okay. Sustains throughout the lifetime. That means from the beginning where the blood got manufactured till the end the blood is doing certain jobs like one of them is to provide oxygen to every part of the body. Isn't that what the blood does? Hmm? You know hemoglobin and all that kind of things. And then what happens to this blood? The blood goes to the liver and it gets thrown out of the body. It is destroyed. So these three gods are effective in your body. The beginning, the middle and the end. So I just give you one example. So Brahmaji exists, Vishnu exists, Maheshwar exists. So all three gods do exist. Suppose I bring in Surya and Chandra. 
sun and the moon. Does the sun and the moon exist? Of course. The two eyes. We call them the moon and the sun. Okay. So these are existing. And there are thousands of gods and goddesses in our body. So you will say, oh, you mean to say somebody is sitting over there like, you know, on a, on a lotus and, you know, having a hand like this in the air with one something in a hand, maybe, you know, that is imagination. I mean, you are, you are trying to imagine how somebody will look like. I think you are making a movie. All right. You want a senior character over there who is tall, has got an imposing persona. So what is the name that will come to your mind? <laughs> so immediately the character which is required in the film, you will put a persona to it and then you will apply that. Isn't it? So just imagine there is a story going on inside our body. So we call these energies, these powers as Devis and Devtas. Right? So there are powers, they operate in our system. So they are called gods and goddesses. Goddesses very clearly are energy centers. So even in our world, a woman is a power, powerhouse, isn't it? So the energies are connected to these powerhouses. So there are various goddesses. So they are nothing but powers. So if I have to say, is there a goddess somewhere in my eyes? Of course there is. Otherwise, how will you be able to see? Correct? In the same way, I can hear, I can eat, I can drink, you know, it gets digested, gets thrown out of the system. The creation, the sustenance and the destruction happens within the system. So these gods that we are talking about in these books are nothing but the power centers, the energies, the things that are there within us. This book is an adhyatmic text, that is a spiritual text. Now, a question that is asked most of the places is, if this spiritual text has got so much of value, why are they not taught in schools? Why can you not go and read some spiritual text somewhere? The answer is pretty simple. If I give you a very big book from some very big course and tell you, go read the book, there is an explanation below. Do you think you will be able to understand that book? No. You require a teacher. And what kind of a teacher? You see, if there is a book written by a particular author, that author will have certain amount of knowledge connected to the book. Correct? Hmm? So there are economists, let us say. They have written big theses, you know, treatises. Somebody else is giving an explanation. Who will know it better? The person who has written and the person who has done an in-depth study. So spiritual texts can only be decoded. They are written in code. Not everybody can understand. Nobody can understand for that matter. They are decoded texts. The words have to be decoded by 
the one who is an expert in that field. Ordinary people cannot decode spiritual texts. Let me tell you this much. No ordinary person. Only the true spiritual masters know what is the meaning in the text. Because they are in a form of a codex or codex. Alright. So, I have given you so much knowledge about this beginning. So, let me start. This is chapter 1 from the Uddhav Gita, verse 1. Shuka said, One day, Brahma came surrounded by his sons, the Devas and the Prajapatis, and Shiva, the Lord of things created and yet to be created, came surrounded by his demons. So, who has come? Sukhdev Goswami. See, it began with Shuka. Sukhdev Goswami is telling this to Parikshit. Remember? In the Bhagavad Gita also it's the same thing. Here also it's the same thing. Sukhdev is telling Parikshit. Now what is he saying? He says, One day, Brahma came along with his own coterie and Shivji came with his coterie. Brahma's coterie is what? All the sons of his? Hmm? You remember one son at least? Narada. Then there are the four, you know. Like that, he has a whole load of sons. Prajapatis also. Prajapatis are the bosses. Okay? They are the CEOs of certain department. Some C-level executives. That is on one side. And then we have Shivji. Now, how is Shivji coming? Shivji comes with his demons. Remember, Shivji is Ganadinayak, basically the master of all the destructive forces in the world. So, he came with his demons. Remember what I told you? This is a story of what you are going to go through, right? So, what is there inside of you? There are the productive forces and there are the destructive forces, both. Bhagwan Indra with Maruts. Maruts are the wind gods. Okay. The Adityas, the Vasus, the Ashwins, the Ribhus, the offsprings of Angiras, the Rudras, the Vishwadevas, the Sajras. All these are coming because they have to listen to the story. The Gandharvas, Apsaras, the Nagas, the Siddhis. Siddhas, the Charanas, the Gohayakas, the Rishis, the Pitris, together with Vidyadharas and the Kinnaras. You will ask me who are all these folks? Well, they are celestial beings. Okay. Celestial beings inside of you. Gandharvas. One of the departments they are handling is singing. Songs, writing, so on and so forth. You know, they, they are a part of that group. Do you have musical abilities? Of course. You can write poetry sometimes. Yeah, of course you can write poetry. So the boss of all these Apsaras, the good lookers. Well, who is a good looker? <laughs> Everybody will say, I want to look good. Isn't it? You all want to look good, isn't it? Does anybody want to look horrible? No. <laughs> Everybody wants to look good. So we have those abilities. 
you know instagram has lot of people who do these uh, you know makeup tutorials you can call them apsaras you know they have the ability in them to for makeup you know and so on and so forth. like that there are so many of them right the rishis like suppose the rishis are coming rishis are intelligent knowledge you know, it is there within you all came to dwarka with a view of seeing krishna in which body the lord being the delight of human beings spread his glory throughout the universe the glory that takes away the impurities of all beings so they are all coming to a place called dwarka now if you have read krishna's story i'm sure you remember where he was born he was born in a place called mathura hmm? then he went to vrindavan and gokul and all those places and from there he shifted all the way to dwarka so it is believed that sri krishna at the age of 125 when he was about to die he lived for 125 years he was about to die that time the entire dwarka went under water that is what is mentioned in the puranas but what are we talking about we are talking about dwarka the doorway of knowledge why this knowledge which comes in see even you may be 124 years old does not matter but if you have all the faculties in place no hearing seeing and all that you can still absorb knowledge is that correct those who are in the right frame of mind uh, i am not talking about somebody who has lost their mind okay we are talking about person who is in the right frame of mind is able to understand everything so dwarka in the brilliant city enriched with great splendor they beheld krishna of wonderful form with unsatiated gaze covering the best of the yadus with garlands of flowers growing in the garden of heaven they began to praise the lord of the universe with sentences full of beautiful words and sentiments now whenever you have to talk to the god within i'm sure we have to talk with everyone not to say hey come here man you know <laughs> you don't talk to god like that when you go to a temple a church or one of those places you are always bowing in reverence isn't it you bow in reverence you talk very nicely kindly and grace has to flow isn't it so these are prayers prayers are we are invoking the particular entity we are saying that please give us your you know guidance or whatever that is required the god said lord to thy lotus feet which those seeking liberation from the strong meshes of work fervently meditate upon within the heart we bow with our buddhi intellect organs vital parts manas and speech that is these are the things that we are supposed to do what are we supposed to do first we have to know that there is a very big entity called the lord Uh, we call him sri krishna over here because we are doing a vaishnav text okay those who are shaivites will call him shiva those who are christians will call him father in heaven 
the muslims will call him allah anyway for that matter all these various people in the world they have different different names for this divinity so there is a divinity within us also we have the essence of that divine so calling on that divine what happens we when we understand the truth about life what do you do you gain realization knowledge comes to you the spiritual knowledge when it comes to you you get released from this cycle of birth and death so this is what he said liberation from the strong meshes of work means life and death okay we meditate in our heart where do we seek this god in our heart so the supreme divinity that we call as krishna allah bhagwan father in heaven is always present within the heart this is the location that you should seek all right so we have to bow down with what do you bow down what do you give what do you offer one is the little intellect that we have we seem to know too many things but understand ours is this much of an intellect so we offer our intellect the organs we have organs of our body isn't it we offer the organs we offer like when we hold our hands together in a prayer form we are offering everything isn't it the vital powers there are vital powers within our body important centers that are being offered manas what is manas the doubtful you why this why that you remember that thing is there within us why should this be huh so that that questioning mind of ours why how when where these kind of things and lastly speech the prayer is always in the form of a speech isn't it o thou invincible one through thy maya consisting of the three gunas and resting in them thou dost create maintain and destroy in thyself this unthinkable universe but these activities do not touch thee for thou art impeccable being immersed in unobstructed bliss of the self so brahma ji with all his people around him are praying to the lord and they say you are that invincible one with the maya what is this maya small explanation i want you to think very carefully what i am saying you were born okay the day you were born did you know who you were or did somebody else give you a name someone else gave you a name even today if you find a dog on the road side do you know what his name is and is the dog going to tell you the name he will say bow bow so if the child keeps on crying that is not his name so you call the child by some name it is like there are so many planets out there if you go to mars today and ask if you find some people out there on mars and ask them is this planet mars what are they going to say 
No. It is something else. Because they might have named it something else. So you have a name. Which is a falsehood. Did you get the point? Huh? It is a falsehood. Somebody has put that, stuck that thing onto you. It's like a bottle of water and I put a label onto it. You think the water has a name or what? Does the water have a name? No. So, just the name itself is fake. Just because you are born from some body, that is some mother and some father. So, what do you think? You are born from some mother. This is my mother. This is my father. And the lady in front of you will say, I am your mother. Mom. And there is a person over there who will say, I am your father. Papa or father or whatever. In this entire universe, things are born, are they not? So if the water comes from a place, somewhere in the mountains, okay? You remember, there is a place in the mountains which is called Gangotri or Gomuk. It is there, isn't it? So, can I say Ganga started from Gomuk? Is Gomuk the mother of Ganga? Ganga comes from heavens. If Ganga is coming from heavens, why are we saying Gomuk is the mother? You have come from somewhere. Do you know where you were before you were born? No. After you die, where are you going? No. What do we say? There is only one father and one mother. And just because there is a spout over there, I can't call Gomuk as mother. So this person called mother is called mother because, okay, that's the place you begin, supposedly. So this is a wrong way of looking at it. Ask yourself this simple question, you know. Some woman donates her eggs. Some man donates his sperms. Some woman is a surrogate mother. Thus, that particular surrogate mother then gives the child for adoption. The adoptive parents then throw the child out and somebody else on the roadside picks up the child. So, who is the father and who is the mother of that child? Can you name? There is no way of knowing. Even if you do DNA analysis, do you think that is your father or that is your mother? It's a very, very wrong way of looking at it. And that has been imposed on you. Remember this, that is not your father and that is not your mother. So in the same way as nobody can say where the water came from, the water from this Gomuk will say, oh, I came from Gomuk. Sorry. Then you will say, the glaciers in the Himalayas. Glaciers in the Himalayas are the mother of this water Ganga, is it? I'm sorry. The water came from the heavens. It rained over there. Or it snowed over there. Where did the water from the heavens go? It came by evaporating. Where is the mother and where is the father? Can you tell me? This is a very common thing. you know. Nobody understands. In the same way, just because you got a body. Body means a bottle. Okay, you got a bottle and the bottle came from a factory. Doesn't mean that you are manufactured in Coca-Cola company or Pepsi-Cola company. Alright? It doesn't mean like that. It's a water. Or an avian. It is not manufactured by... 
Kinley and there's so many brand names. But does the water actually have a brand name? No. In the same way, you don't have a brand name. You don't have a name. Neither do you have father and mother. So who are you? And then, as you grow up, you have friends, relatives, this, that, so many people around you. And then you get married, you have your own children. And then you start imposing your authority on your children. Saying that, this is my son, this is my daughter. Who are you to say, this is my son and this is my daughter? Just because you are branded them, doesn't make them your son and your daughter. So this is a kind of falsehood that is imposed on every person. Animal, you name it. You know, creature in this world. Born, unborn, whatever. Who is the father and who is the mother? There is only one father and mother. That is God in heaven. This knowledge is not known to people. We all live in this assumed world of ours. You know, we have assumed. This knowledge is discriminatory knowledge. Right? So, coming back to the story. Who is it that creates this illusion in us? It is nothing but the power of the Lord called Maya. Illusory power. This illusory power is called Maya. And she creates this illusory world. So we say, Mommy, Daddy, and so on and so forth. Hmm? What is your name? My name is so and so. Which school do you go to? I go to this school. Where do you stay? I stay in this place. So we assume things. If you go and ask Einstein, can you tell me the place where the earth is located or the planets are located? It is a relative concept. Isn't it? Where is the earth? Where is the sun? Where is this planetary system? Can you tell me the coordinates? You can only tell the coordinates by taking one thing and then saying the coordinates of this is to this. So I will say how far is the earth? From what? From sun. Isn't it? Then I can measure the distance. How far is the earth? Do you know the answer? No. From XYZ then you know the answer. So, I have to use relative terminology. How tall are you? Related to whom? So, oh, related to Shahrukh Khan. Okay, you can say I am taller than Shahrukh Khan. Isn't that how you will say? So, we are talking in relative terms. Alright? Who is the strongest man in the world? Okay, somebody who pulls 20 trucks maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. See, and then we talk in terms of something which is quite absurd. X-ray vision. Superman. Hmm? Somebody who can fly. Wonder Woman maybe. Okay. All these people, <laughs> are they not there? Somebody who destroys half the world. Thanos. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. So, did you get this point? It's all relative. And all this relative knowledge, it's all nonsense. Okay? There is nothing real in it. This knowledge is called the knowledge of Maya. Illusory knowledge. 
she is an illusion illusion are you not an illusion yourself are you not faking it in this world huh look at all the film stars look at all the actors the actresses including the politicians and everybody they don't have hair they'll they'll go and put a wig over there okay right they may not have proper eyes so they will put one lenses or something like that it's all fake it's not real oh he looks like a greek god you know oh do you know how greek gods look like i mean nobody has met a greek god for that matter but we all try to say oh he looks like a greek god what greek god are you talking about so nobody knows how a greek god looks like and that is the reason why we have to let it be so now you understood maya maya is a very deeper concept we can go personally into it no problem i can give you a lot of illusions so maya is there it is resting he is on three gunas three gunas sattva rajas and tamas these are the three gunas i have explained before now also i will give you an explanation there are three gunas operating in this world like they have the good the bad and the ugly or something like that so there is something good which operates on the level of sattva tries to achieve perfection so on and so forth then rajas rajas is all about ego i can do this i am i i i i i and then there is tamas i'm sure you have seen all the tamasic people in the world you tell them something do it just now and they will do it maybe after 10 days or maybe they won't do it also these are called tamasic people so there are <laughs> these three gunas are there in this lord he is giving them out through this illusory potency they are all resting on him through it he creates sustains and destroys all the three he does this unthinkable universe why is this universe unthinkable can you tell me what is the edge of the universe you can't say where did it begin you can't say you can come up with ample theories you know the big bang and this and that and so many theories you can come up with so if i ask you a question oh were you there so many billion years ago when the big bang happened how can i be there it was a bang okay i blew my ears out or maybe i couldn't see <laughs> nobody can say we can just postulate we can just say you know extrapolate and say oh like this it happened during that time is possible but these activities do not touch the lord god is not touched by this activity it is happening under his domain but he is not connected to it do you understand he is no way connected to it he is impeccable and he is always immersed in his unobstructed bliss the lord is always lost in himself so all this that we spoke of about the lord is actually inside of you remember in this previous verse he says meditate upon the heart so in your heart there is a domain of the lord where the lord is described like this so where is maya maya is your illusory potency 
exact potency that you have. So we have come to verse 8. So we will stop here today and the next time onwards we will start with the verse 9. So this is what the story is all about. Alright. If you have any personal questions you can write them to me. Okay. But we will take them up and as and when the time is right. So Uddhav Gita we have begun today. Is going to go at a slower pace than this. Okay. We have done 8 verses. Maybe we will do half a verse in the future somewhere. We don't know. Like I told you. We are going to do this in in-depth. So be attentive. And spend your 45 minutes. Whenever you can. Saturdays, Sundays. Alright. 6.30 to 7.30. 10 to 2 time. Alright. See you. Have a very nice day. Bye.